Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. Let's welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina, a.k.a. Anders. How are you, Andrew? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm that, good. Yeah, that's a name that people may not uh, associate, uh, you know, myself with, really. But... It's- uh, it's go. a it's it's a pet name that we love that that yeah. that we've you know we've had for a long time. But um, Andy, how, how's it going? Um, are you excited yeah. that the weather is still so nice? I know every week oh. we talk about the weather, but it's I feel like we're clinging on that two weeks of autumn, and it's still mm. going sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I, I'm I'm hoping and know that at some point we will dip to a proper autumn which will be even a few degrees less than now, where we can justify some of the wardrobe space or storage space that we have for clothes, you know, with sleeves on them and uh, coats and jackets and things that we keep all year oh, yeah. for those two weeks that you mentioned. Uh, are you, <laughs> yeah. uh, have you done the switcheroo already? Have you switched your, your clothes well, already? That's a good question. Uh, the answer is partially, but I would say not even not even fifty percent of the so-called winter gear for Hong Kong um, has made it in the in that switch yet because just don't really feel it's it's quite quite there yet. What about you? Um, not really, because I, I I tend to keep all my clothes all year round. Sometimes oh. <laughs> I, know oh, okay. is, I don't have so many clothes, so I'm my, my wardrobe. And my dresser can keep all the clothes, so that's okay. Oh, yeah. listen to Marie Kondo doing the uh, brunch show today. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, right. I have, okay, this sounds like a lot, but I have maybe about four or five jackets, which sounds like a lot, but you've got a light fleecy jacket, which I still call yeah. a jacket. You know, Chinese people call everything a jacket. You've got a fleecy <laughs> jacket, you've got a down jacket, you've got a longer j- down jacket, and then you may have a woolly jacket, and then one yeah. that's just like a polyester type jacket so yeah i completely yeah yeah i mean same same here actually but i just haven't got enough wardrobe space to keep them there all year round it's uh um so yeah they go they go under the the that that kind of under the bed storage that we have in in hong kong that's right we have the under the the hydraulic system anyway let's crack on with today's tuesday what have you got for our listeners today well Happy World Pasta Day to you, Noreen Mayer. I knew you were going to say that. I trailed <laughs> at the beginning of the program. I was like, it's World Pasta Day today. I wonder right. if Andrew Dambina will be yeah. reporting on it. Yes, I yeah. knew it. I, I, yeah, apologies to the listeners, but um, but since um, since you changed the time of your show, Noreen, I've kind of, uh, with, the, uh, with the weekday publication that I work on, I've not really had that uh, extra bit of, lead time that I can sometimes send you pictures so it hasn't been really happening since you've made that that transition then I would have tipped you off wouldn't I but uh but no worries at all right great well yeah it is world pasta day and which takes place uh today 25th of October every year since 1995 and that happened when it was first introduced at the meeting of now get this organization the world pasta congress that's, that's some some chats they must have had about uh, about pasta, where global pasta makers and experts met and meet each year. They had been meeting way before 1995, but they just decided in that year that they should celebrate in a promotional way. I mean, I suppose it has some commercial uh, sense attached to it without question, but also just to celebrate 
pasta in its many forms. And uh, on, on the subject of many forms, if you had to make a wild guess how many types of pasta there are, I know you love being put on the spot occasionally, Noreen Mir. 18. So, 18 types of pasta. Okay, it's in, it's in the hundreds. Um, and uh, and I mean, I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't huh. have known this before researching it. Hundreds. I mean, it's in the hundreds. Yeah. Th- I mean, um, should, really? I mean, it's like yeah. long pasta, skinny pasta, yeah. hollow pasta. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. there's so yeah. many uh, types. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there are Twisty. so many types. There are, there, there are approximately 600 types <laughs> um, and, and uh, that are said to exist by the World Pasta Congress. And they, they should know, these guys, they're, they're making the stuff and researching it all the time and refining it. Um, this is from, as you say, long to short to curly to twisty, frilly. There are lots of, uh, you know, if you, the fancier the restaurants that serves pasta uh, in, in Hong Kong and around the world, and uh, of course Italy, where a lot of pasta is said to originate from, uh, do have these amazing pastas. There's even some that is the same shape and size as a long rice grain um i i haven't oh, got the name yeah. of that in front of me right now but have you ever tried that there is uh, this n- pasta no but i saw them in the supermarket and i thought wow they look like rice um but yeah yeah it's well, actually well, pasta exactly once or twice i've been served that at, uh, at restaurants where they uh orzo where, where pasta the they're called pardon orzo o-r-z-o i think okay orzo. right yeah 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 that's it you got it that sounds familiar it's um but 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 i mean it's very it's strange because even if they are al dente that kind of slightly um you know there's a bit of chew to the to the bite as you go through them and these are tiny pieces obviously they're smaller than your tooth but um but it's but but they do it's weird because you just expect the same sensation as rice and it doesn't happen but it's interesting and pasta of course is celebrated on this day uh, around the world because it's become a fairly ubiquitous staple, not staple as in the indigenous ingredient, eaten in great quantities, but, you know, it's the sort of thing that we see, of course, in Hong Kong, in mainland China. It's been around in restaurants for years. And there's the argument of, uh, of, of where it came from, talking about, uh, talking about China. I mean, basically, going delving into what historians say about pasta... People have, there have been some evidence, according to some historians, that pasta has been eaten uh, since at least 5,000 BC in some form or other. So that, if we believe that, that's so that we're talking about over 7,000 years of history of making, of milling some kind of flour, mixing it with water and making it into something that resembles pasta or you could say noodles. And uh, the legend has it of course, that the Italian explorer Marco Polo imported pasta to become pasta from China in the 1200s AD. Um, This taking basically what he discovered as noodles in China on his explorations, and then it became made into something that was more like the the pasta that we know uh, from Italy, from spaghetti and all of the other 599 varieties. But a British food writer called Jane Grigson believes that Canadian spaghetti, uh, a company in Canada who made spaghetti, may have started the tale about Marco Polo bringing it from China just as part of their blurb that they would put on the back of their packets of pasta. That's She, she traced back Jane Grigson, um, the first... Um, 
reference to that being from a Canadian uh, maker of pasta, which is quite bizarre. Um, and it is chronicles that dried pasta uh, throughout history surged in popularity in the 14th and 15th century, mainly for its easy storage purposes. So in the West, where, apart from in the Mediterranean and the south of, uh, of Europe, um, let's say, uh, people, and in parts of America, which would have been uh, developed after the 14th and 50, 15th century, um, there is no eating of rice. There is in the Mediterranean, you know, where, where we have uh, risotto and, and uh, rice appears in Spanish dishes, dishes such as paella, etc. But uh, pasta was really something that became the thing to store. Also, it could be shipped and sold or traded to northern Europe um, and where it could be kept as something as a replacement for bread and doughy type staples that were also eaten. But pasta became a staple in the south of Italy, first of all in Sicily, where the wheat that was grown in Sicily and in other parts of southern Italy was much less expensive than in places in mid and further north in Italy. So they were all really the origin of Italian pasta is in the south of Italy. So that's just a just a, a pasta fact for you on World Pasta Day, and um, and, and across the world there will be. I thought you were going to uh, make a pun. That was uh, some fun facts for of the pasta. Anyway, uh, it just uh, reminded me of yeah, Anne Marie's yeah. um, status yesterday. Song titles with the word pasta in it. That was quite funny. Yeah, that was good fun. I, 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 I yeah, I saw that you'd uh, that you'd liked that one. Did you join in with that one, Laurie? No, I couldn't for the life of me think of any pasta puns. So if our listeners right. are, you know have any pasta puns to do with song yeah, titles, yeah, chuck them over to Noreen there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can, you, yeah, then I can, you can use paste it. Them, yes. Paste them into our colleagues' uh, uh, question on that and uh, claim them as your own. That's what I'd do, Noreen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, sorry, of course not. Um, but, uh, yeah, just last thing on this, um, according to one UK-based gift and experience company, you know, one of those companies that does things for that can be across a, a wide board of different uh, things from, you know, getting a chef in your own home or whatever. Um, they're called Wonder Days. Italian-themed experience gifts always see a rise on this day and have done since the mid-90s, well past a day, and they find that the most popular orders for people um, who may have their birthday on this day when their relatives or friends find out that it's well past today is to uh, get an Italian-themed um, afternoon tea or wine-tasting dinner as their top two favourites from uh, an events company that does these kind of experience um, things. And, but they also mentioned that, uh, that pasta-making cookery classes are also surging around this time in the UK. Hmm. So there you go, bit of a bit of a delve into um, the Economics. pasta. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, something very different. We probably certainly in RTHK uh, in the studio there, and Orin, you would have heard this, and uh, perhaps some of our listeners have. But I have to mention it uh, as we're doing Tuesday that food sales a few days ago were announced as being secured for the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens, which is good news in Hong Kong, which means that uh, there's government approval to allow eating uh, in the spectator stands of the stadium. Um, so that's all going to be cool now. When, the, uh, when Hong Kong hosts the, uh, the Rugby Sevens 
which party really it is, isn't it? It's kind of very, it's almost like a carnival, uh, which will be in two weekends' time, very soon now. And that means that those who are attending will be able to eat as well as drink. They thought they might only be able to drink. Now they can uh, breathe a sigh of relief because they'll be able to eat during their, uh, their weekend. So... Um, the, this, this was announced just a few days ago, and uh, just as a reminder, although this is not what we normally talk about, that uh, while I was checking the, the facts on this, attendees, if you are going, if you're listening to this and you are going, um, yes, you, you can eat food in the stands, but do remember that you, I'm sure you will do, that you have to take a rat test um, mm-hmm. and take a photograph of it and date it with a pen um, to get into the stadium. Very important as part of the protocols for being there at the seventh so hopefully there will be some interesting food there you and me when i worked full-time at um at rthk noreen several years ago now and also i've been there many times to this event in my own sort of you know with with friends and family and stuff um it's um it, it's it's not the best place for, for dining uh, in terms of quality of food really is it <laughs> it's so expensive that's what's yeah. right. i mean every year yeah. i think um yeah yeah, th- yeah we, we always say it's so expensive we can't believe it <laughs> mm, i mean and, and actually when you when you speak to people or listen to perhaps podcasts you might come across it or or, or other uh, you know things in the media you do hear this mentioned a lot i've heard it mentioned in australia there's a there's a radio uh, program in australia that i listen to quite a bit on a, on a pod- podcast version and uh, and in the us i've heard it mentioned loads everywhere whether there's a baseball stadium or aussie rules or whatever people are always saying the same thing as that noreen it's it's a it's, <laughs> it's basically fast food too expensive so so let's let, let's hope but not hold our breath, though, because it's been a late announcement at two weeks before the event happening that, um, that there might be some interesting selections in the foods that people are allowed to eat there. Mm. And staying in Asia for the last uh, segment from me today, it's um, something that's going on in Singapore, an, an event, a big food industry and public entry event that's starting in Singapore tomorrow. Pretty interesting one, almost um, science fiction-like in some of the things that people are going to be able to see there. It, 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 it's about sustainable and secure food um, in Asia and to um, to let people know what's going on around the world. But it's really showcasing companies in Asia that are making more sustainable foodstuffs. And it is happening, it's, it's the, the first time that this agri-food well, it's a bit of a mouthful. Agri-Food Tech Expo Asia. Right, don't, don't try and say that after, yeah. uh, after a small beverage. Um, together, um, it's, it's, it's bringing together international exhibitors, mostly from the Asian region, from tomorrow until the end of the week on Friday, to be open to the public as well as industry players, to show what can be done to make things more sustainable, especially in Singapore, which has got this amazing... I spoke before to... I can't remember, actually, if you were off, whether I spoke to Sadia or you, Noreen, now, about something that Singapore is really trying to do with legislation has done recently about food packaging. And they want to have, you know, almost no packaging by changing their laws gradually year by year, as we're also beginning to do here, uh, on not using plastics, on having re- refundable plastic bottles, etc. But this is not about that. This is about having 
a lot of food produce made in Singapore. So in Singapore, they've got this goal which wants to strengthen its own internal food security to not be so reliant on food from outside, outside um, which is called 30 by 30. It's a goal or target that they have, which means that Singapore wants to produce 30% of its nutritional needs for food and drink stuff uh, locally by 2030. 30% of it in little old fairly urban Singapore. So that's, that's an interesting target. Um, they want food producers there to adopt new agri-tech uh, technology and innovations to ramp up their production uh, domestically. And so there is, there's government funding to do this. It's just a push, a purge that they're having at the moment um, to, to try and achieve this by 2030. Uh, it's a phenom- phenomenal target, really, when you, when you do consider... When I, I've been to mm. Singapore quite a bit over the years, there's not a surplus of arable land. There is Sentosa Island, which is off the main developed part, but that is really conserved. There's a national park area, and it's kept very green and lush. There are beaches there. It's kind of a part for domestic and overseas tourism, really. But this event, which is called Agri-Food Tech Expo uh, 2022, is showing some amazing local and regional, uh, mostly uh, regional industry uh, innovations, such as the thing that struck my eye the most was probably a 3D meat printer. 3D meat printer. That's, 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 that, and I've seen pictures of this, and I, didn't, I haven't sent you, but that is printing um, steak and other meat. So it's um, so. Are they, is it real meat, or is it sort of um, mock yeah. meat? No, it does come from. Um, it does come from the original uh, animal. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, How do you print meat? Well, I mean, it's it's really taking some of the uh, lab-produced meat context, um, you know, that, that, was, that has been slowly experimented with over the last decade, but, but, but more so in the last few years. And it is using a type of cloning, really, to make cultured meat. So yeah. cultured meat so and it's lab, seafood. Yeah, lab-grown yeah. meat. Okay. It's the same principle as lab-produced sure. uh, meat or, or, or seafood is, is the other thing that it can also do. And um, for this exhibition starting tomorrow... But they can presenting... actually be vegan options too. Um, they, they can be from pea protein or soy, but it, it can yeah. also be from the animal source. Okay. Um, I don't, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of the cultured version happening from... Uh, from pea or or bean, perhaps it can be. I'm not sure on the science of that, but but it's but certainly using some uh, sort of genetic lab induced cloning, if you like. Um, it, it certainly does exist, and, and it was it was showcased in in Hong Kong. Uh, I first uh, came across it here. Sorry, in I meant food. sorry. I was referring to plant based meat, but yeah, sorry. So you can yeah. print plant based meat, and oh, of course sorry, also print, so it, yeah. yeah yeah. Sorry, beg your pardon. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes, sure. Yeah. And talking about plant-based or, or you know, veg- vegetable-based uh, meat uh, substitutes or fish substitutes, um, there will be plenty of those. Uh, the, the latest uh, um, experiments and coming to the market or, or prototypes of this too to show people 
um, to really show the tech that could lead to it being produced in Singapore. Now, I'm, I'm aware of the time, Noreen. So it's I al- yes, it's 11.30. Perfect timing. Andrew Dembina, thank you so much for your sharing today. Happy World Pasta Day. And I look forward and to you. more chats with you next week. Thank you very much.